2: you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Paulie just brought up something during one of our live look-ins on Peacock. And we're watching old videos of 40-yard dash times because, of course, that's what grown men do. And Paulie says that Tom Brady is faster than Steven Seagal. Now, if you would have said, give us a reference that you wouldn't think you would bring up on today's show for the entire three hours, it wouldn't be that Tom Brady is faster than Steven Seagal. I can't remember when Steven Seagal was running in one of his movies. Yes, Paul.
1: We we were talking about how, like, if if you run, if someone videotaped it, you probably wouldn't like what you saw. I'm aware I'm not fast. I mean, but also when I run, it's not the prettiest thing. I look unathletic. You think you could run faster than Steven Seagal? Probably, but but I know I could run prettier. If he caught you, he's going to kick your ass. But if you watch Steven Seagal running in movies, it looks like it's the first time he's ever done it. Like he, like a new. A, a baby doe running for the first time. Steven Seagal's arms get all floppy.
2: You're going to have to pull up some video. All okay? right. All right. Let me get to Andy Katz, Turner Sports NCAA.com, college basketball analyst. March Madness continues tonight. USC Gonzaga, UCLA versus Michigan. Andy will be with Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Ernie Johnson on studio coverage beginning at 6 Eastern. Sorry to put you through that, Andy. Good morning. How are you?
3: Uh, good morning, Dan. Yeah, I, you know, I run a lot, but I'm not the prettiest runner either. Uh, I don't think I could, uh, I don't know. Well, maybe I could beat Steven Seagal. I don't know.
2: I don't even know like how that came up that Paulie could outrun Steven Seagal.
3: Aesthetically I can.
2: Oh, okay. You'll look better than running. Maybe maybe
3: Paulie's early years in the uh, late Mm, nineties. Hmm. mm.
2: All right. Uh, give me the surprise tonight. Is there a surprise tonight? And, uh, How does that team pull it off?
3: Uh, If there is a surprise, I believe it will be UCLA. Uh, I am picking Michigan and Gonzaga, but I want to qualify this as uh, this has been my worst bracket ever. Usually I'm pretty good, uh, but this has been my worst one ever. Although in my revised (laughs) bracket, I'm doing much better. Um, But UCLA definitely can beat Michigan. I think more so than USC against Gonzaga. Uh, UCLA has found itself. They lost four in a row. Um, you know, the fact that Johnny Juzang and uh, Jaime Jaquez and now Jules Bernard are all playing well at the same time, uh, that had not happened in basically a month. And so offensively, they're just playing much better. I mean, Cody Riley is sort of by himself inside, uh, and that's going to be a problem against Hunter Dickinson. But UCLA now can score much better than they could. And that's why I give them a chance, certainly against Michigan.
2: Explain that to me, though. You know, these guys are quarantined in a bubble in Indianapolis, in USC and UCLA, even Oregon State. Like, they emerge from the Pac-12 that we didn't talk about the Pac-12, and now, you know, here they are on the doorstep of maybe going to a Final Four.
3: Well, a couple of things. First of all, um, it's not a true bubble. It's not the NBA bubble where you could actually seal off the Disney compound. Um, so, you know, I, I know this sounds very NCA speak in the controlled environment, but it really is not a true bubble because there were a lot of coaches and teams seeing each other, you know, passing back and forth. Uh, but, you know, I do think, and Kenny made this point um, a week or, I guess, a week ago, where because there were fewer games, um, you know, usually takes sometimes by game 19 to figure your team out. And by game 19 or 20, for some of these teams, they were in the postseason. And I do think with the case of UCLA, because they had to learn how to play without Chris Smith, without Jalen Hill, and these happened during the season, um, they just needed more games. And you could argue the same thing with Oregon State. Uh, I thought USC was good all year. They had a couple of questionable games that they shouldn't have lost, but they had the talent from the beginning. But Oregon State was another team that just got better as the season went along because they needed more games. These teams did not have that traditional longer non-conference. You know, a lot of them didn't play in traditional non-conference tournaments. And so it just took longer.
2: And then you have Gonzaga. They're trying to go wire to wire. Best team. Is Gonzaga basketball power?
3: Yes. Um, People should wash their mouth out with, with soap if they say mid-major because it doesn't exist in their vernacular. It has nothing to do with this program anymore. Um, I don't like the term anyway because I feel like it's labeling, but, I mean, they travel charter everywhere. Mark makes fantastic money that's comparable to anyone around the country. Now they can get games. You now, years ago, people wouldn't come to Spokane. Mm-hmm. or they wouldn't. Maybe they would come to Spokane, but Spokane Arena, not to campus. Uh, that's not an issue. They can get any game in the country. Duke just signed up to play them in Vegas. So that's not a problem. Now they can get anybody in the country. Uh, I mean, they're getting the top, literally the top recruits in the country beating Kentucky and Duke. And Jalen Suggs in on this team, um, You know, he legitimately has a chance to be the number one draft pick from Gonzaga.
2: But when did it change for Gonzaga or the perception uh, of Gonzaga?
3: I would say... I think it changed with Adam Morrison, um, because Adam Morrison, uh, if you remember that year with JJ Redick, were you know, went back and forth with the scoring lead. Uh, Morrison was sort of must-see TV. They never should have lost that game to UCLA. That was the beginning of UCLA's run of Final Fours under Ben Howland. Um, but then Morrison got picked by Michael Jordan. I think it was number three in the draft. Uh, maybe he shouldn't have been, but he was and um but i think that's where it started to change and then i think it really changed when they played for the national championship in 2017 against north carolina a game really you know once again that they could have and maybe yeah. should have won because they had a lead late uh i think around the five minute mark so but they that's gotta win really a
2: title ended. though andy you, they have to win a title like it's not this isn't a successful season if they don't win a title right
3: Yeah, I mean, it's probably not fair to say that in general, but yes, uh, they are the best team. They have the best players on the floor, uh, no matter who they play against. Um, You know, Baylor's very good, but I would still take the pros on Gonzaga. And the thing that, you know, has been great being in the studio with these guys uh, is, you know, because obviously they have such an amazing uh, NBA background, is watching them watch Gonzaga looking at them like an NBA team and the way they share the basketball, the way they're just their offensive rhythm. Um, you know, the passing has been phenomenal, you know, throughout the course of the season. I mean, the bounce pass, uh, especially from Suggs yeah. and Andrew Nemhard, uh, who probably does not get enough credit, the transfer from Florida, he has been phenomenal for them too, but their ability to share the basketball and be really in concert with each other in a year where that was very difficult because people didn't have a traditional summer or fall, Uh, That's even more impressive.
2: We're talking to Andy Katz, Turner Sports NCAA college basketball analyst. The uh, coverage starts tonight with Andy, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Ernie Johnson. That'll be at uh, 6 Eastern on TBS. The situation with Indiana with Mike Woodson is, well, your reaction to Mike Woodson as Indiana's coach.
3: Well, the uh, figurine in front of you of Bob Knight, I think – has already expressed himself to be very happy with this selection. Um, Look, I I think, he, you know, give him a chance. Uh, They're obviously going down this model. They weren't going to get Brad Stevens unless Brad Stevens had been fired, you know, two weeks before. Uh, Also, the current trend for the most part is those NBA coaches, younger NBA coaches, don't want to go back to college and deal with recruiting. So I never thought they were getting Brad. They weren't getting Chris Holtman. Um, So the question is, okay, what are they going to get? Scott Dolson, the AD, has Bob Knight ties to that era. Uh, And so there are candidates in that pool. And they went to that pool. And Mike Woodson has had success in the NBA. Now he's older than Jawan Howard. He's in his 60s. You know, adding Thad Mata as a consultant, whatever Mm. that will mean. He's not going to be on the bench, but maybe allowing for the transition back to college basketball and helping him understand all that. Uh, will be helpful. But I think his staff will be critical. And Juwan Howard did an unbelievable job of building his staff uh, at Michigan, especially adding Phil Martelli. Uh, And that has really helped uh, connect with these players and this game. And, um, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes.
2: Yeah, but I wonder, were they going to hire Thad Mott as their basketball coach? He failed the physical. They were probably deep into conversations with him and wanted to give him a job. And therefore, they made him sort of the overseer of the – it just doesn't make any sense, Andy. I mean, Thad Mata is a great Woodson college Hart coach. Thad Mata part. Thad Mata part.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I am very perplexed by it. Um, unless Thad has, and I have not talked to him. Uh, I never really believed, though, when he left because of his health issues that he really wanted to get back into coaching. Sometimes these guys like to be wooed, yeah. uh, you know, to feel like they're you know still important and wanted. Uh, and I think he did that dance a little bit on a couple of jobs but I never was convinced that he wanted to be fully back in to college basketball or, you know, head coaching in that form, even as a Martelli like assistant. So to me, Uh, I'll be very interested to see what this really means. Is he really going to be living in Bloomington? Is he just going to be maybe in Indianapolis and in Florida where he's been living and just sort of pop in? Is he just on the phone? Is he on Zoom? Is he just, you know, sort of like a hired consultant? Uh, And if that's the case, you know, maybe that'll work out. But uh, I'm I'm really interested to see just how involved he will be.
2: We started the show, I was talking about the, the basketball game last night, and that was Connecticut against Baylor, the women's game. And it came down to, you know, a no call at the end of the game. You know, you hear officials, we talk about it. Do you swallow your whistle at the end? Do you let them play? Do you allow a little more contact there? Uh, Now, where do you stand on that? And I don't know if you saw the play. To me, it looked like there was contact with the body by uh, one of the uh, UConn women against Carrington on that shot.
3: Yeah, a couple things on that, Dan. First of all, uh, if there's contact, there's contact. I don't care what time is left in the game a foul is a foul uh you know I've been covering this now for 30 years and every coach and official will say that now they might not like that but it was clearly a foul you know from what I saw um and should have been called you know who knows if she makes the free throws and all that but you know we could also be critical that it was not a great play uh they look kind of lost offensively and, and she ran right into traffic yep. uh and so it was not executed well um but you know, probably should have been a foul. Two other things I just want to add on that, Dan, little soapbox moment here. First off, uh, Dr. Mulcahy, I don't think she's a medical doctor or an epidemiologist. Uh, Not sure why she randomly went off, that there should be no COVID testing here at this point. I mean, we're we're basically near the finish line of the two final fours, and she's preaching that there should be no COVID testing here at the final stop. That made no sense. Um, And so I don't know why she even went down that road. And then secondly, Um, I don't understand for the life of me because they could have done it differently this year. You're right. That was the best game last night. Why was it opposite the men or why were the men opposite the women? Uh, I don't understand why this whole tournament they, now they won't this weekend. They finally got it right where it's the second, fourth for the women, third, fifth for the men, how they have the men and women going opposite. It just makes zero sense to me. Uh, And you know, The NCAA should have worked with the television partners on both sides and said, look, here's our schedule. Let's not have them go against each other.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Uh, Hey, it's great to talk to you and play nice tonight on the set with those guys. They can, they can rough you up. I know that. Good to talk to you. I'm having
3: a great time. They've been wonderful. Thank you, Dan.
2: That's uh, Andy Katz, uh, Turner Sports, and uh, he'll be in the studio with those guys tonight.
5: that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder.
1: It's beer cracking
2: season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer. That tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick or... You can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories for 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium
1: regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings. An official... Partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick Six app now. Use the promo code DP Show for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DP Show only on DraftKings Pick Six. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction.
6: Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash
2: pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Lewis Reddick joining us from Columbus, Ohio. ESPN Monday Night Football analyst, the Pro Day of Justin Fields. Lewis, thanks for joining us. Have you ever seen a bad pro day?
6: Um, no, not really. I mean, I've seen I've seen ones where Dan, you know, maybe the players didn't, especially a quarterback, didn't perform maybe up to expectations as far as some of their accuracy is concerned. But I think I believe Teddy Bridgewater's pro day was one where people thought it should be better than what it actually was. But look, I, I think look, th- this is just. These are the kind of things that at this time of year, absent actual real-life games being played, that a lot of importance is being attached to as far as how guys look in these in these environments. And we know better. We know better than to put too much into it, but <laughs> it's because we love this sport so much. We'll blow up anything, man. And these, and these are fun. And it is, and I think in this environment in particular, Dan, where people haven't seen each other in a long time, they, they just want to, like, they want to be around people. They want to see these guys throw. And And Justin Fields will put on a show today.
2: What do you want to see out of a quarterback?
6: I think first and foremost, look, you, you want to see, especially if he had mechanics deficiencies, whether it be with his with his feet, with his release, with the length of his release, you want to see that kind of stuff get cleaned up here. And you want to see him be able to repeat it over and over and over again in the proper, new and improved way. If he had issues in that way. And I think you obviously you want to see ball placement, you want to see accuracy, you want to see velocity. Those are the things you want to see. And, and if that's what you're looking for, in particular today, Justin Fields has that in droves. I mean, this guy can throw the football as good if not better than any other quarterback in this draft. But what's and the evil, issue, evil though? Want, you know what? I, I think with, it, with him, it's this. You know, I think a lot of times when quarterbacks come out of Ohio State, people have such respect for Ryan Day, and they believe that he is such a masterful play caller and play designer. They want to know how much of it is Justin, how much of it is Ryan, how much – is Justin really articulate? You know how much is he orchestrating at the line of scrimmage, as opposed to how much of it is Ryan Day? And people want to ask; they want to know questions about; they want to have answers rather to what happened against Northwestern, what happened against Indiana. Is that indicative of a bigger problem, or or were those just bad days? I spent a lot of time talking to Ryan Day already this morning, and he answered those questions. He said, "Look, every quarterback going to have a bad day. I mean, and the the play the play against Indiana." Like he said, Justin was trying to win the Heisman Trophy in that one game and he was trying too hard and, you know, and he's a human being. He's still a young quarterback. So if people want to you know, knock him down because of it, then you're going to be missing out on what is really a very unique and uniquely talented individual. And I think we'll see that today.
2: How many of these quarterbacks do you think can start right away?
6: You know, I, I never want to say that any of them can really start right away. Can they? I guess they all can. Should they? I guess is the better question, right, Dan? Should, they, should any of them start right away? I think, obviously, I think, you know, the, the arrows point towards Mac Jones being the one who can start right away because he's considered maybe the most cerebral in terms of how much responsibility Steve Sarkeesian and Nick Saban gave him in the huddle at the line of scrimmage. And because and the reason why they did that is to, is to make up for some of the athletic limitations that he had as far as not being able to create when things broke down. Mac had to play within the context of that offense, and he did it beautifully. So I think he's probably the one who people think should be able to play right away at a high level or at a reasonably high level. But I would not discount any of these other young men because they are all very talented and all very smart. But it's it's we have
2: these one year wonders now. And I don't know mm-hmm. how difficult it is. You know, you're a former executive. You, you're looking at, you know, Dwayne Haskins, one-year wonder. Kyler uh, sure. Murray, one-year wonder. You're just not quite sure what you're getting there. Zach Wilson was competing to start at BYU. And here mm-hmm. he is going to be the second pick overall. Like, it's just, it's. I don't know how you do enough research where you go, yep yep that guy is real he's legit here uh, you know Joe you- burrow if he had come out his junior year he's a fourth round draft pick he stays and has the greatest single season of quarterbacks ever had and he's the number one pick overall I, Mac Jones we didn't even know who he was he wasn't on anybody's <laughs> list and now he could that's be right. the third pick overall that's that's right that's a crazy ascension with some of these quarterbacks.
6: Yeah, you know what I mean. Obviously, a lot of it. I mean, as you know, Dan is is supply and demand. I mean, you just you have such limited supply of quarterbacks every year, and the demand is so great to find that next one that can lead your team to the promised land. But I think getting back to how do you know? You really don't know, okay. And any any scout or GM who tells you that they do know for you know with certainty that this guy's going to be great and this guy's not. They're lying. And and look, all all GMs and scouts want to believe that they invented football and they can tell things that someone else can't. But really, what it comes down to more than anything is what are the teams doing to help these players succeed as far as teaching progressions, play calling, surrounding cast. I know people don't want to hear that because people just want to know that, just want to believe that their GM's smarter than the next guy. But really where the GM is going to really set himself up to succeed is what is he doing sur- as far as surrounding this young man and what is the coaching staff doing? Because I've seen it too many times as a player and I've seen it in the front office too. I've seen players get ruined because their coaching was just not up to par and everyone believes that all, across all 32 teams, that coaching is equal and you know better. It's not. It's just not. And that doesn't. That, that's not to be disrespectful. That's just the truth. And some of these guys will be better served going – some places as opposed to other places. It just fit matters for these quarterbacks. So until you can tell me all of that, I can't tell you with certainty who's going to be better than the next guy.
2: Do you think that Zach Wilson is better than Sam Darnold?
6: I think he's physically, you know, from a throwing perspective, he's more talented. He's naturally more talented throwing the football. Okay, And you can see that. But it's the NFL Look, Jamarcus, was more talented throwing the football than Jamarcus <laughs> Russell, right? Not many. And, and for this matter, look, I, I came on your show and I told you I believed that Dwayne Haskins was a phenomenal talent. And I still do. But it isn't just about how you throw the football. It's how you conduct yourself, how you study, how you commit yourself, what the coaches are like, how much are they invested in you? How much do they believe in you? What kind of play calling do they subject you to? that's really where that's where the money is made. And that's where these guys wind up separating themselves.
2: But Lewis, how do you investigate work ethic? If you're a front office executive, because that to me, I go back to the equipment guy at Washington state was Mm -hmm. telling me about Ryan leaf. Mm -hmm. And he said, he doesn't love football. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and he turned, you know, it turned out to be true that he didn't love football. He was good at football. He just didn't love football. How do you yep. do an investigative search there to find out if somebody truly loves the game?
6: Yeah, you know some of it's going to be, you know, your instinctive gut feel when you have one-on-one interviews with a certain individual and you, based off of your past experiences, does a certain guy develop, or rather exhibit the kind of behavior that you've seen other guys who are invested to that degree exhibit? Some of it's going to be word of mouth, and I'm really having to trust the kind of sources that you're talking about whether it be the equipment guy, the grounds crew guy, the security guy who saw this guy showing up at 4.30, 5 a.m. in the morning before anyone else did, putting in the work in the summer when everyone else was on vacation. You're going to take all of that to really try to ascertain whether or not somebody truly loves football. And and, and then you're never going to be 100% on it. But guys, should, I mean, just like whether it's football or anything else, Dan, I mean, people you you know. I mean, People who perform at a high level, who are unique in their chosen profession, exhibit unique traits and habits as far as their dedication to their craft. And you can pick out the ones who really do stand out and the ones who really do love it. And some of those guys who are on the fence, hey, I, I guess you try and stay away from them. But you're you're just trying to really you're just trying to line things up, line the dominoes up enough to where you reasonably feel that this guy's not going to bust out on you because he didn't love the game. That's all you're trying to do, and, it, and it's an imperfect science, and that's why every year we have these discussions.
2: He's Lewis Reddick, the former player, ESPN Monday Night Football analyst. All right, give me the logic behind what the Niners are doing with this draft <laughs> pick and with Jimmy G.
6: Yeah, I think for sure that they, they feel as though, out, you know, other than Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, they like their pick of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones. They're comfortable with with one of those three, um, and they feel as though putting, you know, getting up to that number three spot, given what they gave up, puts them in a position where they're going to set themselves up for the future. With Jimmy G, look, i he's a high, 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 high-priced bridge quarterback right now is what he is. He's a placeholder. It's as simple as that. And the way Kyle talked about it yesterday, look, they want him to be the placeholder. They would like for their young quarterback to not have to play right away. But if you make him an offer that he likes, he will send him to you, meaning Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll send him to you. And I think, you know, as Chris Sims has alluded to and different people have alluded to, the only way that you would really consider sending Jimmy G down the road is because you feel as though the young quarterback that you're going to draft, you have a reasonable chance of getting him ready to play right now with a roster that he thinks can win a Super Bowl. And that's why people are connecting the dots to Mac Jones, because they feel as though he's the guy who will be ready to play the fastest. It's a fascinating, fascinating puzzle to try and put together. And that's what's going to make this whole month so intriguing, because athletically, Mac knows himself he's not on the same level as Trey Lance and Justin Fields. He knows that, but he also knows this. When we talk about quarterbacks busting out of the league, Dan, it's usually because of what's going on from the neck up, isn't it? It has nothing to do with how he performed in a pro day. Nothing to do with how he flipped his hip and threw the ball across field going against the grain. It had to do with something that just was not connecting upstairs. And Mac Jones, no one has that issue with. So is San Francisco really crazy for moving up to number three to pick him? I guess we'll find out.
2: Yeah, but when did Jimmy G stop being Kyle Shanahan's type of quarterback? Because I'm assuming we keep hearing about Kyle Shanahan's type of quarterback. You traded for him. You know, like, he he wasn't there when you got there. You traded for him. It's like Sean McVay had Jared Goff. He was Mm -hmm. your quarterback, and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden he's – we don't blame the coach. We always blame the player.
6: Absolutely. And you know what? I think when you're dealing with human beings who have changing opinions and changing, you know, mindsets towards certain individuals, I think you have to be – you have to prepare yourself for – for people to basically change their minds and go in a different direction. And I don't know what the moment is or what what the moment was for Kyle where he felt like I need to go in a different direction. But I think it's an accumulation of things over time that he watched. I'm sure that Super Bowl probably stings in many different ways against Kansas City where, you know, he has Emmanuel Sanders streaking open in the middle of the field and Jimmy overthrows him, which really that would have won him the football game. They probably win that game and he hits that throw. But
2: do you think you know, he's still like, the quarterback? If they win that Super Bowl, is Jimmy G? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. No, Lewis. you know what?
6: No, 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 no. I, I was listening to what you were saying, but I know where you were going with it. Does Do I think he's still the quarterback yeah. if they win that Super Bowl? I don't know. It's Jared Goff still the quarterback
2: if the Rams win the Super Bowl. Like, is it that tenuous? I mean, I – I,
6: You know what? That's a great question. That's a great question you just said. Is it that tenuous? I believe now in the NFL it is that tenuous. Well. Because now everything is so hyper-analyzed, and patience is not something that's at a premium anymore. It's just – I mean, you saw – look what happened to Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen. In consecutive years, they took quarterbacks in the first. In consecutive years. <laughs> but, I mean, that was 20 years ago, you would have been like, that guy's getting fired. That GM's at But now, yeah. that that just shows you the mindset has changed, man, and people will flip like that. How many
2: teams are there today that you're aware of?
6: All of from what I hear, all of them except the Rams.
2: The Rams are the only team not one. there? Really? That's
6: what I've heard. But no, I can't confirm that, but I know that, that I did hear that that may be the only team that's not here.
2: Lewis, always great to talk to you. Have fun today. Safe travels. And uh, thanks for joining us.
6: Absolutely. Thanks for having me as always.
2: That's uh, Lewis Riddick from The Mothership, their Monday Night Football analyst. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
5: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with
1: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. We know that quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is
2: designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you and your partner whenever you want. Two beds in one firmer or softer on each side, you decide. And it helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature as well, quiets their snoring, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number does everything. My Sleep Number setting is 75. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. You will never need another bed. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com.
4: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock.
7: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers, you can trade with friends to compete.
2: Updating the Celebrity Bracket Challenge, John Daly. Yeah, that John Daly is uh, in first place among the celebrities. Seton O'Connor and Jim Parsons are second. And then our next guest, Brian Cranston, is third. Talked a great game leading up to the Bracket Challenge and so far delivering, but it uh, might be a little difficult for you to win it with Iowa as your team to win the national title there, Brian.
0: Hey, don't give up on Iowa so quickly. <laughs> I still think they've got some life in that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not a double elimination, by the way. Oh, great. Now you know. <laughs> I know. What was your strategy? Because you did talk a great game going into
0: this. I, well, I always wanted to pick someone who was not, you know, the Gonzagas of the world and, you know, the easy pick, like some of the rest of those celebrities you've got in the in the game you know and i and uh i just thought you know in looking at it over the year i thought they were playing really tough basketball and i i thought that was the team that could rise to the top but uh boy i was quickly proven wrong there what would it mean to win
2: the celebrity bracket challenge to you
0: you know if I can be honest for a second and very sincere, Dan, I've been very fortunate to win Emmys and Golden Globes and Tony Awards, but none of them would match what this would mean to me. This would be the pinnacle. This would go in my trophy chest uh, uh, in the very center with a, with its own light shining on it. And, I and believe- by, the way, by the way, can I see what the trophy is? Can, I, I haven't seen what it looks like.
2: It's it's um it's a 1974 TV console. So uh-huh. it's it's got a stereo in it. You can play 45s and it's got a TV in it. So
0: it's oh, it's really really pretty. I want that thing more than ever now. I, I would I would kill <laughs> a very close relative. <laughs> uh, we were bringing up
2: as you might expect on this program in the first hour, we were talking about Steven Seagal and his running ability and how he doesn't run very well. But in, in your honor, you know, in the show you do in New Orleans, you're, you're running, you know, part some of the scenes, you're jogging there in the morning. Can you act athletic as an
0: actor? You mean me personally? Yes. Like how because... hard is
2: that, that Steven Seagal is a guy who can kill us all, and but he can't run.
0: You just rhymed, by the way, which was good. Stephen's a golf kill us all um, uh, I you know it it is actually difficult and if I if I have more of a confession here is that I didn't do a lot of that running uh anytime you see the me running oh yeah look at you looking de- de- depressed and and sad that I lied to you it's it's TV Dan. I thought you were no I thought you were a method
2: actor I thought that you took on. A- I, oh no. I mean Brando used to run. De Niro runs. Pacino Brando. runs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> None of those guys run. <laughs> wow. So you're uh, not running in No, that- I am no, doing some of it. I'm oh, okay. doing some of it, but okay. you know you run, you literally run a risk of injury if if and if I go down it's uh, <laughs> it's not good, you know. Who could take my place? You, you could look like me in a in a younger version, not as handsome, but younger.
2: I I'm like two months younger than you, I think. Yeah. So I, I turned five uh, this month. I'm in May. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm I am younger than you.
0: Yeah, you are. I could, but two months. Yeah. So respect your elders.
2: Yeah, but I I was always wondering about like Tom Cruise can run, but it feels yeah. like anything, right? But it feels like they, you know, accentuate his ability to run.
0: Have you worked with Tom Cruise before? I was in the same movie with Tom Cruise, but we didn't work together. I was in a movie called uh, Rock of Ages.
2: Now and was that his choice that you wouldn't be in the same scene with him? But being, yeah, the- it, was,
0: it was his contract okay. that stipulated that I, I, I'll allow him to be in the same movie, but we will not hmm. work. He is amazing. I really like Tom. He's a, he's, I think he's the hardest worker in Hollywood. And he's always been really gregarious and, and fun and, and nice. Uh, and no, I don't know of anyone who works harder in his scenes than Tom.
2: Let's go over the lazy actors in Hollywood. If Cruz is, you know, a really hard worker, can you name some names of guys who are just lazy? I can Okay. (laughs) Like Clooney, you know, you said Clooney kind of mails it in.
0: Well, yeah, he's, you know, I I have a story about Clooney. I was was doing a play. I was uh, in Hollywood. This is 20, 35 years ago, something like that. And I was asked to stay on in the play as an understudy. And I was insulted because I felt at that time I earned the, the role of this successful play. And they said, well, we got, uh, we got two guys who were coming in and, uh, I, I said, forget it. I quit. I'm out. And I stormed out of the building. And I just happened to walk by one of the rooms where they were rehearsing. And I snuck in the back and I watched George Clooney and his, and his cousin Miguel Ferrar doing the scenes that I was very well versed in. And they, I got to admit, they were so good that I walked back in tail between my legs to the artistic director. And I
2: said, <laughs> okay, I'll stay. Did you ever do an audition where you go, I got this?
0: Um, a lot of them, you want to have that feeling of confidence that you did really well but if you ever get into that mindset of i've got it counting you know it's like the it's like the wide receiver uh about to do the dance step in the end zone and he doesn't see the guy come up behind him and knock the ball out of his you you're you're in danger you 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 should never do that because you know it's like shooting a a three-point shot you you might have a good target but man you're not going to make them all and if you start counting it and celebrating before you drop it, you know, you're, you're going to look foolish.
2: Are you using sports analogies so I'll be able to follow you?
0: I was trying to help you get a segue into, you know, talking about the tournament and things, because I know you, it could be kind of slow at times.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very slow. Very mm-hmm. slow. What's your
0: alma mater? I didn't go to college. I didn't. Uh, I, I went to two years at a junior college and I was about to transfer. I was going to go to UCLA to under a uh, administration of justice uh, major. But two years into this junior college, I discovered girls in acting classes. And all of a sudden, everything went out the window. I mean, it upended the, the apple cart. I, I all of a sudden, I, I, from being so sure of what I wanted to do to completely confused. And so I left school and traveled around for a few years and then uh, then got into the acting business.
2: When do you, are you uh, shooting season two of Your Honor?
0: No, we, there is no season two. Uh, we did the one year. Wait. Uh, you know, they, they would like to continue on with the season two, but right now there, is no, there are no plans to continue. Um, it is what it is. How based. can I help?
2: How can I help, Brian? I thought it was a great show.
0: Oh, thank you.
2: I thought it was I, great. Uh, you know,
0: with the exception of the of the running parts, I think. Yeah. Was,
2: now that I know that you weren't doing them, but yeah. you know, there was a cliffhanger at the very end. There, Brian.
0: Well, I don't know about a cliffhanger. It was a tragic ending. Well, it's, did, you didn't watch it, did you? I did. I, All right. Can
2: like I? It's spoiler alert. Where your son is in your arms at the very end.
0: Yeah. Let's just leave it at that.
2: Yeah, and then there's the mob guy, and then your son is dating his daughter, and yeah. he's just realizing that. Okay,
0: you did watch. I'm, I'm, I'm touched by that.
2: I, I was very impressed. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great, and I love that it was spaced out. I had to watch each week. Yes. I think that that's old school. That's what we grew up with, and I like that I had to wait for the next week for the episode.
0: It's kind of like, you know, not downloading your show we have to wait till the next morning yeah. to catch you know your next show yeah we we can't uh, just you know stuff ourselves with Dan Patrick uh, all day long and and fill up you know you got to you got to pace yourself
2: and I've been called your honor before with what I do here because yeah. this is sort of my courtroom this is what I do what? but I'm not somebody who can be bought or manipulated uh-huh. like your character could have been. Oh, yeah. You
0: know, when I would have loved to have seen a cutaway shot of the danets when you said, I've been called your honor over here, and just to see them lower their heads or suppress a smile.
2: No, no, they know this. Really? Is, this is, this court is in session here, Brian.
0: Why? My, I'll tell you. Yeah. A, yeah. See,
2: now I return the favor of being a little smack talking cocky like you were. How does it feel there? <laughs> huh?
0: He's the smack talking cocky.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Uh are you doing anything the rest of the day? Like is this it? This is the
0: highlight of my day, Dan. This is this is all I'm doing.
2: The earliest you've started drinking
0: is when during the pandemic. Uh well, you know that. Aaron Paul and I have the mezcal dos hombres. Yes. And uh, so a lot of times we'll go on these Zoom calls with uh, sales forces around the country. And they're starting theirs at 11 o'clock in the morning, their sales group meeting on the East Coast, we're on the West Coast. And so it's eight o'clock in the morning here and they're going, come on, share a drink with us. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God. So we're sipping a little dos hombres at eight o'clock in the morning sometimes. But do you,
2: have you ever had something real to drink during a scene where you're drinking, a, a drinking scene?
0: No, 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 no. That's is uh, that frowned you know. upon. Well, it's just, it, you know, people think a lot of people who drink, think that they're smarter, sharper, funnier when they drink. Yes. And it, you know, they really aren't. They really aren't. And, uh, you know, I've never seen you drunk. Um, are you a happy
2: drunk? Well, what do you mean? Like, do I hug? Am I feely? Like, a touchy? Yeah, yeah
0: touchy feely, cry kind of guy.
2: No, I'm that way without drinking. Uh. But <laughs> I, no, nah, I don't know. We we would get along. Well, we had shots or drinks backstage on Broadway. Yeah. But those were just little ones. Like you, yeah. you kind of cut me off there after I think one or two.
0: Well, I didn't want you to be sloppy and, you know, and, and stumble home.
2: Billy Bob Thornton said in Bad Santa he actually got, got drunk in in one of the scenes. Yeah, I can
0: I can imagine.
2: <laughs> but but now when I when I look back on the scene, I think he's falling down in the escalator and then you realize he's actually he said he was hammered. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Have you worked yeah. with Billy Bob? I have not. Okay. No. Yeah. No. Well, is he in the tournament? Uh, Billy is not in the in the tournament. Michael Douglas is. Is he? Yeah. How's uh, he doing? Michael Douglas. Uh, let me see how Michael's doing. Uh, Will Farrell's in here. Uh, Michael Douglas is uh, tied for twenty second. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any. Um, Adam Sandler is uh, in here. He's doing well. Okay. Actor.
0: Uh, I'm I'm in third place right now. Yeah, but you won't last there. Okay. Just, you know, just give me this straight dope here. I, I've got, I've got, of course, the Gonzaga's and the Baylor's. I've got Houston and Michigan all in my elite eight. So yeah. I've got four of the eight. That's pretty good.
2: And then it goes south after that, I think. That goes real fast. <laughs> well, oh. that's why we wanted to have you on today, because <laughs> nobody was going to care tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I had Jim Parsons on last week when he was in first place. So,
0: you know, how quickly we move on here. Okay, uh, so who's got what? Who? How many uh, players there have, uh, have the pl- – you know, no one picked SC and UCLA to be the elite. I they think did. Will Ferrell did because he went to oh, USC. He went to SC, yeah. Good for him, man. And by the way, I think you watch out. SC can upend Gonzaga today. You watch that. It, it might happen. Well, that's not going out on a limb. What do you mean it's not going out on a limb? Gonzaga's undefeated. What are you talking of about? Of course they have a chance not a chance. I mean a good chance. Well, what's that they mean? That. Like
2: you're not calling in You're not putting something on the line. Would you do like a, a pie to the face? Would, you, you, the would yeah. you do a pie to the face? If, you, yeah. if USC doesn't win, then you take a pie to the face. Like your wife comes in and does a pie to the face. If USC beats Gonzaga, I will take a pie to the face.
0: You got it. Let's pie to the face. Pinky swear.
2: Pinky swear. There's my pinky's he right swear. there. Okay. Pie to the face. Pie yeah. to
0: the face. Pinky swear.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, I hope you have a season two of Your Honor. You did a great job with that. Really liked it. And uh, if not, then, you know, it's just another thing that you do. Discard it and you move on to something else. And you'll be brilliant in that as well. Oh, thank you, Must sir. be such a burden. Must be such That's a... That's good. Man. Here. good. You're going to talk. You're You're gonna and hope total. everything's well. It's always good. Always good to talk to you, Brian. And uh, thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks. That, that's uh, the uh, smack talking Brian Cranston on the show. He won't be smack talking tomorrow. And he'll be get a pie to the face as well. He knows that.
1: Yes, Paul. He put it out there, though. He didn't just say USC. I yeah, could but he see said them. they
2: have a chance. But and then then he,
1: had a good chance. You forced his hand a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, McLovin. I can't believe he has a stunt runner.
2: I know. Who knew? Steven Seagal doesn't have a stunt runner. Be
1: sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.